0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: All right, thank you very much, Anderson. I am Chris Cuomo. Welcome to Primetime. I can't believe it, but there is another dossier in the mix. The irony is staggering And troubling. We have new information and people to test about what they're going to do about it. What do you say? Let's get after it. Another crazy day. The president happy to answer all kinds of questions about how bad the whistleblower is, how bad the Democrats are, all the things that they did. And all you need to do is look at the perfect call. But when he got asked about that call, listen to this. What
2: about Mr. Biden? What did you want about Biden? What did you want him to look into on Biden? Look, Biden and his son are stone-cold crooked, and you know it.
3: The question, sir, was what did you want President Zelensky to do about Vice President Biden and his son, Hunter?
4: Are you talking to me?
3: Yeah, it was just a follow-up of what I just asked you, sir. Listen, listen, you ready? We have the President of Finland. Ask him a question. I have one for him. I just wanted to follow up on the one that I asked you, which was what me? did you want? Did you him hear to... me?
4: Yes. Ask sir. him a question. I, I will. But I've my... given you a long answer. Ask this gentleman a question.
5: Don't be rude. No, sir, I don't want to be rude. I just wanted you to have a chance to answer the question that I asked I've you. I've answered
2: everything. It's a whole hoax. And you know who's playing into the hoax?
1: People like you. It's a hoax. But you can't answer the damn question because you know where the answer takes you. There's only one answer that makes sense. So the call isn't that perfect, is it? And you know what? The man standing to the side of our president on yet another international stage actually commented after that, I hope the tradition of democracy in America continues. I wonder why he's saying something like that. What we got today was this president's obvious line of defense. Okay? I did nothing wrong and I will attack anyone who dares to expose anything like a misdeed. And listen to this. This led to a State Department inspector general coming today to Congress and unloading what sounds like a new dossier, what he called misinformation bundled up to discredit people in the State Department who wanted to come forward and maybe the whistleblower and maybe the Bidens. And then Rudy Giuliani, (laughs) You, you can't make it up. Rudy Giuliani admitted to offering up at least part of the information in that dossier. And then he says that he got a call from the secretary of state who agreed to investigate what he gave them. He is the gift that keeps giving. I don't know who it's good for. Let's take that question to the court in session. Cuomo's court, Laura Coates, Jenna Ellis. Laura Coates. Let me ask you. Rudy Giuliani says, yeah, I gave him information that the inspector general of the State Department is calling a bundle of misinformation about uh, State Department officials and the Bidens. And uh, the secretary of state said, uh, told me that he's going to look into it. Is that OK? Uh,
6: no, you really can't make it. It's almost the opposite of saying it wasn't me. He's saying, oh, yeah, that was me, too. And that was me, too. And things that are obviously inappropriate. It leads you to ask a couple of questions. Number one. Who does Rudy Giuliani work for that he is able to tell the secretary of state to go investigate certain claims that he has based on propaganda, ask information about conspiracy theories? I thought that Pompeo served with the pleasure of the president of the United States, not somebody who's not in the federal government and is not actually a White House counsel, rather the personal attorney of the president. And also, it just completely, uh, it's confounding to think that somebody who's aware that although perhaps a sitting president could not be indicted... It is absolutely odd to me that he thinks he's somehow immune from the scrutiny or perhaps even um, e- even an investigation into his own conduct about why he feels entitled to do so and to perpetuate this sort of thing. Mm.
1: All right. But let's not do a Jenna, in terms of like a matching column of potential uh, illegality. Let's just deal with transparency. Rudy was transparent. He said on this one, I gave them some of the information. The secretary of state said he'd look at it. Is that the right move for the secretary of state?
7: Well, absolutely, Chris. I mean, here I, I find it shockingly hypocritical that suddenly, you know, the the position of the liberal left is, is we're gonna me? believe this, is that this whistleblower that we're It's well, definitely no, it, you. Is that well, me? <laughs> <laughs> and it may be, it may be, Chris. At the Go end ahead, of the segment, Janet. you can't We try tell not to use names here. We don't use but, insults, we use insights. But try li- that. No, but the liberal left though is is coming out saying that this is somehow so blatantly wrong of Giuliani to put forward um, information that goes to potentially. Potential corruption of a former vice president. Yet they are. The staking, inspector
1: general said it was misinformation they, done to malign State Department officials and the Bidens. If I
7: can finish, who though, for the Bush administration? Context, context matters here because uh-huh. the whistleblower, when we actually have the transcript of the phone call with President Trump and the mm-hmm. Ukraine president, there's nothing there. And so to there, say wait, that the whistleblower is trying to bring forward, there. there's nothing. Tell me what crime there is. I mean, Ooh, everyone all, is saying. First what of all, legal Jenna, defense? you're the
1: constitutional lawyer. Does There's there need there. to be? A crime committed for there to be impeachment proceedings. There needs proceedings. to
7: be a sufficient legal and constitutional basis that goes to. Where treason does it say you need a legal and
1: constitutional basis for a article non-legal two, transaction?
7: In an article, in Article Two, Section yeah. Four of the U.S. Constitution. Yes. Everyone should look that up. And this it should says, not be political. This should be absolutely legal and constitutional does, because due process. It does matters. not
1: say that in there. What it says is it's high crimes, crimes and, misdemeanors, and misdemeanors. And in Federalist Paper sixty-five. Alexander Hamilton denies uh, explains that explicitly as crimes of a political nature done to society at large
7: and what you're forgetting are two very important words or other high crimes and misdemeanors. So it goes back to the entire context of the Constitution. And Alexander Hamilton's word and usage of political does not mean that it can be partisan gain. It still has to it's be not something about partisan that is gain. I'm saying that the idea that it has to
1: be law. Here's what he did in the So call, are you going to keep
7: interrupting we, me or can I uh, Yeah, can a little bit because
1: when, whenever somebody because filibusters, I cut them off. That's how it works. Coats will get the same. So let me but come back to you, well, Laura, well, but she on
5: she
1: this. <laughs> well, because she didn't filibuster. So, Laura, no, here's the point. Well, p- you finished her a little while ago would be my supposition. Here's statement what i'm saying is if you look at the situation of the call the president says it's there mm-hmm. he has never denied any of the occurrences in the call where they ask for javelins he says first a favor here's what i want and he talks about the biden's if they're going after the whistleblower here's what i don't get we don't need the whistleblower you have the call you have the texts from rudy about volker who then resigned right after it why do you even need the whistleblower
6: Well, a couple points here. One of the biggest parts you're missing in the idea of impeachment is the word bribery that's actually explicitly outlined in the impeachment Mm. section of the Constitution, which is defined essentially as getting something of value in return for the performance of an official act. Because of that, you have the discussion in the actual transcript. It's not verbatim. The president has provided through the White House. It essentially says, in exchange for your discussion about either the dirt on Biden and I need a favor from you, I will provide to you the funding that is already earmarked and appropriated by Congress. That's what is the there that people are investigating, not convicting yet, but investigating about that particular aspect. But you're absolutely right That's here, absolutely Chris. Absolutely false. Excuse me, you're absolutely well, I'm, I'm not sure how it could be false if I cited a section of the founding fathers, of the Constitution, but well, I'll finish my point because you demanded sure. the same in return. The other, other point I wanted to say was the idea of the Whistleblower Act and why we have this protection and the anonymity there. You're absolutely correct in saying that it is imperative for people to investigate the allegations of a whistleblower complaint. And if the underlying substance is being investigated, to shoot the messenger is really antithetical to what we stand for. It doesn't mean that the allegations alone will lead to a conviction, but what it does mean is say, if you have the allegations there, don't focus on the actual messenger, focus on the investigation. Jenna, where do you take issue?
7: Yeah. So uh, with with bribery. And so here you don't have a quid pro quo or anything remotely related to bribery by a president asking another head of state who, by the way, is our ally to look into potential corruption. If that were the definition, then every single allied move of the president of the United States with any country would be considered bribery. You don't have that. And also, if this were some insulation for Biden, then anyone who is an opposition opponent would simply sign up to run for president to be insulated from any sort of investigation. And so here you don't have a legal constitutional basis. You don't have bribery that falls under either the federal bribery statute or anything remotely related to the intention of the Constitution in terms of treason or bribery or other high crimes or misdemeanors. There is high no crimes legal or misdemeanors was, was not was no a legal, legal standard.
1: It was never meant to be. That's plain for anybody who wants to read it. It's a I don't know why you're the ignoring the request for javelins. And his immediately saying to do me a favor and the fact that he was holding up the aid that's, that the White House wasn't. may have you, misled the, the Congress about. Ukraine didn't even
7: know that for a month. And this was not an exchange. And do me a favor is parlance of just saying, you know, hey, why don't you look into this, which is absolutely legi- legitimate oh, that's what for do the me a favor of the means, United team? States. That's well, what that's do what me what a favor look means? Look at look at President Trump's uh, track record of using that phrase in context. Give this me another. Not-
1: give me another example of him using the phrase in context.
7: And if you actually go online, there's no, an no, no. Entire- I'm asking you
1: because you say that you know you can make yes, the points. i so make it. And so, Give me and an so example. What
7: and so, what he said that in numerous conversations that are recorded. And so, um, in press conferences, in other two Give other. Give me the
1: context of one time that he ever used it. So Not he where. Used how? It-
7: He's used it of just, of do, do me a favor by saying, like, you know, hey, why don't we do this? Not as an exchange for information, but just like I would say, you know, hey, why don't we go to, you know, go to dinner tonight? That's not something that's saying I'm trying to bribe you for anything, but just saying, hey, why don't you do this? And that is a legitimate ask from the President of the United States that does not constitute a quid pro quo. Again, you have to look at it in context. Go back and look at how President Trump has used that phrase recorded in context over no. the last Three well, or four look, years. I given me, you, I
6: if, I, if I may, I, I, if go, I may, just one quick point. Though, I think though. you're you're conflating the investigation process with the assumption that Congress has already gone through a full investigation. They are in that impeachment inquiry, number one, and number two. I think you're missing the idea of context and about presidential leverage and why it's very different for a civilian to talk about a dinner chat as opposed to somebody with an earmarked over over a quarter of million dollars. The president of, of Ukraine said that he, Excuse he me. Was I, I find it. I pressure. do find it odd that you would demand that people would respect your opinion and your time. And then you interject when I'm making a point about 1.5 sentences in. The reason it's important not to conflate and not to accelerate it beyond this is because it's disingenuous to the American people to suggest that Congress has already done this. They are investigating and if there is a quid pro quo, they will act appropriately. If there is not, well then, Perhaps you would rule the day. Either way, it's not about dinner. It was about a leverage based on taxpayer dollars. No, look, and and I, I,
7: I'm I, I, I the am interjecting because clearly Chris won't. And so I'm making sure that your points are being pushed back right, Anyway, as much as yeah, But there's no reason
1: for a style <sighs> discussion about how you two debate. What I'm saying is, uh, <laughs> the reason I'll take you on the point. I asked you for an example, you didn't have it. But as we all know, no, you're going to take it. Of course no, did. you have not a single example of how he's used it in the past. A, that yes, would give I us did. a different meaning. No, not also, a, you yes, said I in did. a press conference is not an example and of I how said, he do used me it. A fi- and you do- know it.
7: Yeah, no. Do me a favor. Is saying I'm asking you to no, follow up on that, That's not an example. That that well, is your you opinion want? of how no, he may have meant example. it without
1: giving us an example of using it. To give an example, Jenna means here's what he said in the context of this conversation, and here's why it was okay. You didn't do that. That's fine. We'll look at Go this back call. And we'll look see at the, all of the media I don't resources. have to. You said you did. You said you yes. could offer it up, and you didn't. But I appreciate you making the argument here tonight, Laura Coates, Jenna Ellis. Appreciate it. I'm just saying. If you're going to say there's an example of something, show me the example. Don't tell me you go find the example. All right. How does one of the president's chief defenders in Congress explain what seems like a new dossier that his lawyer admits has his fingerprints on and that involves the secretary of state who didn't bother to tell us until he was kind of pushed on it that he was even on that phone call? Oversight matters. Congressman Clay Higgins takes oversight seriously. He knows what's going on. He'll make his case next. Swear words and tweets, threats of civil war, calls of treason against a political opponent. This is the state of play in our politics right now, as motivated by the president of the United States. Democrats are saying that he's unhinged. Look, their job is to put meat on the bones of why what he did rises to the level of an abusive power that requires impeachment. How do the Republicans see it? Let's hear from one of them right now. Congressman Clay Higgins. Good to see you on the show, sir.
2: Chris, it's wonderful to be with you, brother. You are certainly in the heat of this very important narrative. And as an American, I I appreciate your perspective and your calm approach to this thing.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, So help me understand some things from your perspective in a position of oversight as an elected official in the U.S. Congress. Uh, The Secretary of State had several chances to acknowledge that he was on the phone call. I'm not ascribing any wrongdoing, but he was on the phone call with Ukraine's president and our president. He had multiple occasions to mention it. He didn't until pressed. Does that raise any questions for you?
2: Not exactly. I mean, the, at the cabinet level, there's a there's a great deal of uh, confidentiality. And of course, the secretary of state has a right to to uh, come forward with his his personal interaction of a phone call that the president engaged in, according to as, as he seems best for the for the the office that he holds and, and true to his oath. So I, I don't question the secretary of state and his actions there. I think you you know you mentioned meat on the bones, mm. my friend, and I think that's where we are right now. It, it's uh, the impeachment proceedings have. Move forward, you know, not necessarily within the parameters of normal procedure historically. However, my Democratic colleagues have moved forward with impeachment proceedings. So let's see the articles of impeachment. Let's see the probable cause. Let's see the meat on the bones. Mm. That's what the Constitution calls for. Let's take it from there.
1: And that is a good expression for those who don't know. uh, The congressman was in law enforcement before he did this job. And probable cause really is the only bar they have to meet. I mean, the hard job is in the Senate. No disrespect to you in the House. Obviously, uh, this is going to weigh heavy on your hearts. Exactly. But this is just the indictment. So it's whether or not they can put meat on the bones of a set of accusations will then be tried in the Senate. And in terms of probable cause, when you have the president in a conversation which he acknowledges, he does not question the facts that are presented in that call at all. You couldn't question whether or not there's more to the call, 30 minutes, only 2,000 words, but he's never pushed back on it. He says to the president in response Mm. to a request for missiles, okay, uh, but do me a favor. And then it winds up being about Rudy Giuliani and looking at the Bidens. What is that uh, in terms of a concern for you?
2: But it's quite complex. I've been to Ukraine. I went to Ukraine in 2017 and met with their highest officials. There was questions at that time. Um, there was a moving target regarding the actual Russian military occupation of their country and what the battlefield looked like. And the appropriations as approved by Congress, it's, it's uh, not only is it the president's legal you know, within his legal parameters as commander-in-chief, but it's his duty to question exactly how these uh, this assistance, especially military assistance, would be, would be made manifest. Fair point. To, In Fair this point. case, a newly elected government. But what does that have to do with Biden? We're not sure, are we? That's what we want to know. It, it, we, we must keep in mind that, that we should have a calm approach to this thing. We should recall that this... That the, that the uh, attempted influence of our elections, uh, first of all, it was ongoing throughout the Cold War since World War II by Russia, but it really came to a point in 2016 in the digital age. And apparently, Ukraine had something to do with that. Now, Russia was occupying U- Ukraine at that time mm-hmm. militarily. And well, what the does United that have States to do with the Biden? Well, we're not sure. You I don't know, know how like, it has I anything to do with are, their, the use are, of their
1: military or funds or what that has to do with Russian interference. The president said, I want you to look at Biden because we do know the answer, though, Congressman, with all due respect. He said everywhere people are saying that he removed the prosecution to help his son. Now, he meant prosecutor, uh, but the transcript says not prosecution. Not just
2: people saying that. that- the former vice president said that, but that doesn't mean... The former, vice, the former president vice president never president, said
1: he removed or stopped a prosecution or did anything to help his son.
2: Well, there's some audio about that, but listen... Not I'm about I'm not that. suggesting that well, the former ahead. vice president is guilty of a crime. I'm saying that within the, the totality of circumstance of looking at potential impeachment of the president of the United States, all things must be considered... With it, with a great deal of calm and 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 measured prudence, and that this would include anyone that could be involved, and, and that uh, that certainly doesn't doesn't uh, absolve the Bidens in any way, the former vice president, nor his son. Well, we should move forward very carefully, my friend.
1: As long as it's on the basis of fact, I see one small irony right now that. What the president is accusing Joe Biden of, he must also necessarily be guilty of. The only two the only difference between the two scenarios holding back of something in order to get something from Ukraine is that we have proof that the president did it to play to political advantage. And we don't have that proof with Biden. But you're right. We must go with deliberate concern and see what meat can be put on the bones. Congressman Clay Higgins, thank you for being part of that conversation. You're always welcome here.
2: Yeah, thank you, Chris. And we should just move forward very carefully here. It's important for our country.
1: Done. Be well. Thank you for the help. All right, you know what? Guess who's having a good time with all of this? Comrade Vlad, all chuckles about 2020. Guess what he joked about doing today? And why did it take more than a week for our Secretary of State to fess up on that call? I hear the Congressman saying he didn't have a duty to, but if he's going to talk about the Democrats and bullying and why he doesn't like the process... When was he going to mention that? Our top Intel insiders are on both cases next. President Trump wants to know who the whistleblower is. He's using words like civil war and treason and spy, dark words that could have a big impact on who is willing to speak up within the federal government. And he knows that now Let's talk about what we already know about the state of play and what it means to people who understand how the intelligence community works. Phil Mudd, Mike Rogers. Uh, Mike, great to have you. Phil, as always. So the secretary of state gives a number of interviews, never mentions that he was on the phone call. That's all. I'm sorry. Are you asking me or or? no, I'm asking Mike. I'm waiting. He knows (laughs) I'm talking to him. Oh, you're talking to me. Uh, I'm trying to let him off the hook.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Now, listen, I, I don't really believe that the secretary of state had a duty to disclose. Those calls are classified for a reason. Um, and so I'm not sure he, it was his responsibility to disclose. It would have been in a broader sense if he was talking to the committee or other things, it certainly would have been his duty to disclose. Uh, Again, I I don't like what they did politically, but this thing is such a mess, Chris, I I, I can't tell you. I just talked with ambassadors and intelligence officials, both who are apoplectic about the way this this thing is going, and they don't like either party's uh, presentation on this thing.
1: What is the Democrat side doing? Uh, I should be saying the House side, but let's be honest. It's completely partisan. We have no reason to believe that anyone on the right has anything to do uh, with working with Democrats to this point on the inquiry. What are the Democrats doing that's wrong, Mike? Uh,
5: I, I, I don't think that's fair, Chris, honestly. I think there are members, if you're going to do this correctly, you do it in, in confidence. A whistleblower complaint, and I onboarded these as chairman, should be a confidential conversation, classified, non disclosed uh, inquiry inside of the committee. Period. And, and I did these, and by the way, eight out of the 10 of these things proved out to be probably not worthy of a of any further action Two two of 10 did. But I'm telling you, the way this thing has become so public, they're trying to say, listen, I, I really want you to have a fair hearing and a quick hanging. And I just don't think that's appropriate. Uh, listen, I do not think and I've said it very publicly, I do not agree with what the president did and said on the call But you're talking a whole different animal. You're going to undo an election if you go through with an impeachment. You better do this exactly right. No, absolutely. I don't think think doing it publicly and press conferences and leaking information and all Uh, of those other things are just not appropriate. I'm with you with
1: one qualification, which is they couldn't get the complaint from DNI originally, so it was a little bit of a protracted process. If you
5: really believe you were going to protect the whistleblower, Chris, you would never ever release the whistleblower complaint, ever. I would never have done that. If he's, even if it's, you believe every, 100% of it is exactly true, if you pre- believe about protecting whistleblowers, and I do, by the way, I think mm. there sh- needs to be a system to do this so they don't run to the press with very secret and classified information. No, I'm with you you but- don't release this thing, it's- you do an inquiry inside the committee, but they couldn't wait, they were so excited, they can't wait to use the impeachment word, and I just think that's a dangerous way to to try to get a fair determinant of the facts.
1: Right, except that they just didn't have access to the complaint. But I, I take your point on it, and protecting the whistleblower should certainly be of paramount importance here. So, Phil, now we get to this other point of intrigue, that another inspector general comes forward and says, I was given this bundle of what reportedly was referred to as misinformation about potentially the Bidens, potentially other State Department officials who were somehow involved in this. Rudy Giuliani comes forward and says, yeah, I gave him some of that. And I talked to uh, Mike Pompeo, and he said it'll be investigated. Feelings about this new dossier.
4: Boy, for, first, if you look at, at the new dossier, that, that so far today, that's a big nothing burger. When you heard there was a Democratic congressman who came out of the hearing and said... I haven't actually reviewed the whole thing yet. It's not clear that that there was an immediate need to have this brief to the Congress. It's not clear that this relates to the investigation. But let me talk to the media about it. To the congressman's point, slow your roll. Let's get to the significant pieces here. And if you have, in this case, a dossier where you don't even know who sent it and you're talking to the media about it, slow your roll. That said, let me tell you one really fascinating piece here, Chris, that nobody's talking about. Rudy Giuliani and the comment you just made that Mike Pompeo, when he got the stuff from Giuliani, referred to it for investigation. I spent a lot of time in government. There are State Department officials who will testify, intel guys, DOD, Department of Defense people. All of us are sort of a brotherhood and sisterhood. Rudy Giuliani parachutes in from Mars. The people who will testify are going to look at him, including State Department officials, and say, I don't have to protect that guy. He didn't operate by the rules. He didn't do what you're supposed to do in government. I suspect he's worried about what the Congress will do. If I were him, I'd be worried about whether people in government stick a shiv in his back. He's in trouble. We actually have new information, Mike, that what Rudy
1: Giuliani is saying now is, I gave what I had to the White House, and the White House gave it to the State Department, the Secretary of State maybe, we don't know specifically, to look into it. I don't think that makes it better.
5: I'm not candidly. I'm not sure it does either. I, I, listen, if there is any uh, forum for investigation, it needs to be through the attorney general of the United States. Right. And by the way, I'm not sure that the attorney general should be looking overseas before looking in, you know this needs to be a solid domestic investigation. Probably 90 percent of what you need is here domestically. I just never believe it's a good idea to engage our international partners, friends or foes, into a domestic investigation, political or non-political. I just don't think it's a great idea. As a matter of fact, I think it's an awful idea. And so uh, I'm not sure that makes it better. Uh, you know, was he acting as the, uh, you know, the attorney to the president? Was he acting in some other capacity? He keeps claiming that somebody from the State Department told him to do it. Well, uh, we probably ought to know who that is he and dumped under texts. what circumstances.
1: He d- look, you know, the, Rudy's getting a new <laughs> nickname, which is like the bus driver, because he's throwing everybody under the bus. He threw Volcker under the bus. He put out texts that he says are from Volker, where Volcker's like, great conversation. Can't wait to follow up. Can't wait to introduce you to this one and that one. So- He's not exactly protecting the home team with what he's doing here, unless Rudy is doing what he's always done when he did it on this show, saying, I never said there was no collusion with anyone, just the president. If that's the eye that he has and only on that just to protect the president, what he's doing makes more sense. Phil Mudd, Mike Rogers, thank you very much for making the case. Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks, Chris. This Ukraine story could take another turn tomorrow because it seems to take one every day but tomorrow we have something to look forward to we have former special envoy kurt volker he's going to testify why did he resign so abruptly why did rudy have those texts assuming that they're real and we have no reason to believe that they're not at this point we have somebody who knows mr volker and who knows a lot about foreign policy and the right way to conduct it let's get some insight from an insider next All right. We're finally going to get to someone who's an actual party to all of this. The Democrats are going to hear from someone named in that whistleblower complaint. Kurt Volker, former special envoy to Ukraine. He resigned a day after the complaints release. He is set to appear for a closed deposition before three committees tomorrow. That brings us to our guest, Thomas Wright. Brookings Institution. He knows Mr. Volcker. He knows policy specifically in that part of the world. And we join. uh, We welcome him now. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. So we'll get to Volcker in a second. The idea of the state of play between the United States president and the Ukraine president. All right. You understand this dynamic much better than we ever will. So thank you for the help in advance. The idea of that request being made along the lines of, well, we're just trying to deal with
3: corruption there. Does that make sense to you? No. I mean, it would be the first time that we know of that President Trump has raised corruption with any other leader. I mean, it's never something he's been interested in before. In fact, his entire history over 35 years is supporting authoritarian regimes, turning a blind eye to corruption. So... It's awfully convenient that in this one particular case where he mentions Biden, that it's it's about you know, corruption. I think it doesn't really you know stand up that this was his motivating factor. And it's clear in the call. He moves straight to uh, Vice President Biden and Hunter Biden. And, and that's uh, why he brought it up.
1: And then you have the State Department component. Clearly, Rudy Giuliani, he didn't tell me the truth the first time on the show. He said he was working on his own, uh, you know, and he only told the president about it afterwards. Now, it does seem that he was working with the State Department. He put out texts that he says are from Kurt Volker. um, And the secretary of state seemed to have some interchange with him. Same secretary of state who didn't tell us that he was on that phone call until he was pressed about it after many interviews. What are your concerns about the State Department here?
3: Well, my concerns mainly are about Secretary Pompeo because he hasn't been sort of upfront about this from the beginning. And we know uh, that he succeeded as Secretary of State because, and previously as CIA director, because he's always tried to be close to Trump, right? He's never, ever stood up for anything over a protracted period of time that may cause Trump to turn on him. So that's been his raison d'etre. That's been his main sort of driving force. And and I think it is possible that he's involved in this. And so we wait for him to to speak publicly about it. And, And he's obviously been subpoenaed. I think Kurt Volker is a very different case. I mean, Why
1: did he resign right after this? It looked terrible.
3: Well, I think he he resigned so he could speak openly about this tomorrow. I mean, this is somebody uh, who I, I would say, firstly, I mean, I don't know him particularly well, but everyone who works on Europe or U.S. foreign policy in Europe knows him because he's been a fixture and a true sort of expert and professional. For and he many runs decades.
1: the McCain Institute. He runs
3: the McCain Institute. He was a foreign service officer for many decades. So he, he, he in-
1: resigned the day after because he wanted to testify.
3: I think he... I I mean, I don't know, and I haven't spoken to him, but I suspect um, that the reason uh, he resigned is because he's not a a, a partisan or political figure. But he knows that that's... he He is testifying... Tomorrow, we know that right. Secretary Pompeo and President Trump don't want officials uh, to testify. Um, so I think you know he, uh, I, I'm sure, it came to the understanding that given everything that's happened and uh, that he wouldn't be able to continue in the position. And I think it's, it's a great thing that he is actually going yeah. to speak openly about this tomorrow. And I think the big we, question
1: yeah. is those texts, assuming they're his. Why would he be working that way as a State Department official, special envoy, with the president's personal attorney?
3: Well, I think that we we will hopefully find out the specific answer to that tomorrow. But I can only guess. I mean, my guess is that he was trying to limit the damage that Giuliani was doing, you know, that he was trying to basically fix the problem. Do you think that there's that any chance that Giuliani,
1: Giuliani is telling the truth that Volcker went to him and said, help us out with Ukraine? We heard you've got good information and contacts. I'd like to help you.
3: I think if the president of the United States, in this case, President Trump, makes it clear to the State Department that... You know, that Giuliani is his point person uh, on Ukraine. I think it's unrealistic that the Ukraine envoy wouldn't talk to that person. I think what really matters. Is what actually happened uh, between them, and I think we'll find that out tomorrow. But as I said, I mean, uh, this—you know—what the person in in this case is, someone who was a foreign service officer for many decades, served under multiple administrations, went into the administration uh, as, you know, a true professional to serve, I think, and not uh, for partisan uh, reasons or because he was a Trump person or anything like it. So I will sort of give him naturally the benefit of the doubt over as somebody who seems like they're running their own sort of rogue, uh, diplomatic sort of operation, somebody who obviously wanted to be secretary of state at the beginning of the Trump administration and seems mm. to be pursuing it on an individualistic basis uh, here.
1: Well, if you speak to him, let him know he's welcome to come on and make his case to the audience. We look forward to what he says today, thank uh, you. tomorrow. Thomas Wright, thank you very much. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. All right. The president, angry, very angry, not unusual, but... Is his tactic that he shows today the tactics, is that going to help him? An argument of what not to do and what to do to wind up on top through this process An explainer next. All right, look, so now we know the defense for this president. It isn't me. It's Biden. It isn't me. It's Schiff. It isn't me. It's the Democrats.
2: I think it's a scandal that he knew before. I go a step further. I think he probably helped write it. Okay, that's what the word is.
1: That's the president attacking the House Intel chair after news did break that the whistleblower spoke to Schiff's aides before the complaint was filed. Word is, the president says. Word is also that this Intel person went to the legal counsel in their agency first. That counsel reportedly went to the White House about the whistleblower claim. So they knew in advance, too. But the bigger point is, this analysis does not depend on the whistleblower. And you know who knows that? Ironically, the president. The only thing that matters is the transcript of the actual conversation that I had with the president of Ukraine. Today, he was unable to say what he wanted Ukraine to do vis-a-vis the Bidens. Now, his defense of what he clearly asked for just fails. He says it was really just about fighting corruption in Ukraine. Then why did his DOD, the Department of Defense, shoot that down with a letter saying Ukraine was already taking substantial actions to fight corruption? Another line, the rules were changed for this whistleblower. They're not credible. They had no firsthand knowledge. The Trump appointed Intel I.G. called that line of attack incorrect. The I.G. stated the complainant does have some firsthand knowledge. And you know what? A lot of intel is gathered from what someone else tells you. And again, Trump's guy vetted the source and the claim and found it credible and urgent. Now, those on the right have claimed this was merely the continuation of a valid DOJ investigation. That's all the president was talking about. Except remember what the attorney general said his investigation was about.
5: I think there was a spying did occur. Yes, I think spying did occur.
1: Well, if he's talking about spying, spying is not even in the transcript of the Ukraine phone call. Does this mean that Barr is investigating Biden? Is that going to come out like the presence of Secretary of State Pompeo being on that Ukraine call that he only admitted when pressed? Now the inspector general of the State Department comes forward with a dirty dossier about the state officials involved and maybe the Bidens. And Rudy Giuliani comes forward and admits he supplied some of it. He gave it to the White House and they may have given it to the secretary of state. And we wonder why so many just shake their heads at the state of politics, especially with this president going full war mode today.
5: Can you compartmentalize that and still continue to work with them for the benefit of the rest of the country? Are you are all bets off?
2: No. If they do that, then it's just all it is is uh, a warlike posture.
1: Brian Caram asking that question. And that is the truest thing this president has told you. Because he will never surrender the me to the we. But my argument is, make a different move. Take another page from the past. I say another because this president already took a page from the Clinton situation. He learned not to testify under oath. So now, take another Clinton did compartmentalize. That's where Brian got the reference from. He cut deals during his drama. He got more than a billion dollars to repair schools, Head Start expansion, help with college prep, community learning centers, better nursing homes, a patient's bill of rights for federal workers. He was also working with Senator McCain, may rest in peace, on an anti-tobacco bill that fell just short all during the drama. Why did he do that? The genius was not only did he give the voters something else to judge him by other than the drama, but he made it harder for his political opponents to dig in because they were working on the deals, too. Oh, and by the way, he was actually doing his job as if that still mattered. Now, rather than this president embarrassing himself, arguably, as he did today or just posturing about guns to avoid impeachment, he could see payoff in approvals if he does deals. Look with Clinton. Look where he was. Look where he got. Trump has never been in the same zip code as those numbers. He's always stuck in the 40s. Imagine, though, doing background checks, infrastructure during this period. He would be calling the Democrats bluff on whether they can do two things at once. He'd be showing that he's the president that he says he is. Keep going this way and look forward to more days like today. And this cannot be what you call winning. Now, we can't let all this noise distract from other stories that you got to keep an eye on. We have a two pronged Bolo alert next. All right, Bolo, be on the lookout. I know there's a lot of noise and look, impeachment matters and how the president is handling himself is going to take up a lot of oxygen because it's indicative of where we're going. But two potential areas of concern are also worth watching. Markets and missiles. First, North Korea, just a day after entering into an agreement with Washington to resume nuclear talks, they did this, another missile test, a new type of ballistic missile fired, one that's medium ranged and designed to be launched from a submarine. It's the first time since 2017 the country has launched a medium range missile, heightening the threat to our allies and troops in the region. The president said nothing. Then we have the markets. Stocks closed lower today, finishing at a five-week low, Dow down nearly 500 points. But the point is why, all right? Yeah, you'll see the indexes. They posted one of the worst one-day drops uh, since about August. But why? China threatened to impose more tariffs. This is about the president. He says the market is falling because of impeachment. There is no proof of that. You see no analysts on the street who are respected saying that. America's factories just suffered their worst month in a decade, due in part to the ongoing trade war with China. Keep an eye on this. It's of the president's making.
0: CNN Tonight, D. Lemon, right now. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that.